You 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 know I D I D in the D in the town all day. I D I D in the D in the S E A. You you know I D I D in the D in the town all day. I D I D in the D in the S E A. It's time to go back, to take it all the way back to 1995, as we remember some years. There's no, there there's no effect here. No, I should have a jingle. I keep <laughs> the, NFL, the jingle. NBA trade deadline is three days away. I don't really have time to work time on that. Time to be in the lab, mixing some stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Where do we, well? I think we know where we want to start in '95. We got to start with the Mariners. Okay, yeah, good. Because that was the only thing I actually remember about 1995. The Mariners. So 1995 begins with the. Strike continuing over from 94. There's replacement players in spring training. We were way too into the replacement players <laughs> in spring training. In hindsight, not a good look. Did but, you guys you know, go to spring training for that one? Not, did not go yeah. to spring training for that one. That, we'll remember that in 1996 was the first time I went to spring <laughs> you training. You went to spring training in 96? I did. Did I go? What year did I go? 97. Wow. You weren't mature enough in 96. <laughs> Uh, didn't you fly on a plane alone? You and David Pelton flew on a plane alone? Yes. Uh, I was uh, 13 at the time, almost 14, and David is a year older than me, and we, we traveled uh, on I remember own. being 10 and thinking that that was kind of incredible. <laughs> and now I fly on planes alone almost all the time. <laughs> wow. Congrats <laughs> to you. Wow. Well done. <laughs> so we're, this is actually just remembering our travel experiences. No, so the... Uh, at the end of spring training, it's ruled by Judge Sonia Sotomayor that the, stri- the replacement players cannot be used by baseball. That causes the two sides to settle and end the strike. And the season begins late. I believe opening day was like April 27th off the top of my head. We should check this. Uh, the, the Mariners played at home. If you get that right, I'm going to be so angry. <laughs> <laughs> I've never cheered less, less for you. <laughs> I think that's untrue. I think you've cheered less for me a lot of times. Uh, we, so we went to the 95 season opener. Uh, Randy Johnson threw, I want to say, six shutout innings. Griffey homered. What did you like say? A, April 25th? 27th. Ah, uh, April 25th. Sorry. Okay, I was two days off. Am I correct that Randy, Randy Johnson threw six shutout innings? I don't know. Okay, I'll have, to, I'll have to get on baseball reference and look this up. I can do that. You just you keep talking. Reminisce. <clears throat> I mean... Well, so then Griffey in late May, right around your birthday, injures his wrist, go, colliding with the, the wall, Spider-Man trying catch. to catch. Yeah, trying to make the Spider-Man catch. Yeah. He's out for you know at least a couple months, and we're like, well, the season's over. I mean, the season started with pretty high hopes because we talked Thursday, about- April twenty seventh, was the opener. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let the record show that I am fist pumping. How did you remember that? I don't know. Wow. So at this point, the season starts with pretty high expectations because the Mariners had finished the 94 season so strong, and they actually got to play at the Kingdom again because they had taken down all the ceiling tiles and it was safe for play again. <laughs> uh, what was your description about Randy Johnson? Six shutout innings. Six shutout innings. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and he was, on a, he was on a strict pitch count because of the fact that there was the shortened spring training. Of course. Bill Risley had to come in and replace him. Did I all get the save? Ah, uh, yep. Yeah, because uh, that was the year. <laughs> that was the year Bobby Ayala fell apart. 
and Norm Charlton came in mid-season. If you can name who the opening day starter for the Detroit Tigers was. I thought it was the Tigers. Uh, it was a guy who wore, like, number... No, I'm, I'm thinking of I don't, I've Ryman. never heard of this person. I've played so much Ken Griffey baseball. <laughs> I, I don't know that I have Sean Bergman. Okay, no, I don't, I don't know that person. <laughs> you don't know him we've either? Reached, we've reached the limits of my memory since 1995. <laughs> Uh, and then Alex Diaz and Rich Amaral take over in center field for Ken Griffey Jr. And the Mariners actually probably pretty much fall out of the race. Like one of my defining memories of that season was a moment. This must have, I don't know if the timing quite makes sense, but uh, the late Dave Henderson was on KJR talking about the, and the, they were talking about how the season was slip sliding away and playing that song. And, but the Mariners were close enough because the, this is the, now the first real year of the wild card. They were way out of it in the AL West, but close enough in the wild card that they actually made a trade at the deadline. Speaking of the NBA trade at the deadline, yeah. for like the first time basically in franchise history, they go out and trade Mark Newfield and Ron Valone for Andy Benes. And uh, this is extremely exciting to us. And then lo and behold, the Mariners catch fire. Griffey comes back. Uh, hits a game-winning home run off John Wetland that, in a game that we uh, listened to in our basement. It's a very strong memory of mine. <laughs> and even though they actually lose ground in the wild card race to the to the Yankees, they start catching up in the AL West to the Angels, who had a seemingly insurmountable lead in the West at that point. The California Angels, like three name changes ago, uh, passed them with a great series against the A's that we went to at least two of the three games, I think. It was like the fan appreciation night and, and that sort of thing. Uh, it was, there was another game-winning home run off Dennis Eckersley in that series that was really a lot of fun. I don't know if you're checking any of this at this point. Or <laughs> no, no, I'm no, just, no, no. just looking at songs. When Rich came in, I'm just <clears throat> curious. Yeah. Did he do well? He did okay. So that really bolstered your Rich Amaral. I mean, it, it didn't need bolstering at that point. Oh, okay. It was just exciting because he had been set to the minors in 94 because he could no longer return. field at second base. And then they moved into the outfield in 95, and he found his niche. Uh, so then the Mariners actually like lose two of their last three games, or maybe all three of their last three games in Texas. And the Angels rally back to force a tie in the AL West, yeah, creating a one-game play. We've talk about all these things. <laughs> <laughs> You don't need to recount the 95 Mariners season. Everybody knows. One game playoff, everybody knows. Most importantly, though, okay, th this was the redemption year for Seattle sports. We talked about in 94, pretty much the bleakest moment that Seattle sports could have possibly been. Well... <laughs> well I don't know when we're going to remember some years 2008, but that was, that was pretty damn bleak. I think that was the bleakest. But you have the Mariner season ends halfway through. Midway summer, our summer is ripped from us, right? Correct. The twin twin popsicles that we were eating all summer ripped from our hands. And then the Sonics lose. The year that we think the Sonics are going to win the championship, they lose in the first round of the playoffs, right? Which does happen again in 95. <laughs> Weirdly, we didn't, we didn't care as much in 95. No, because the team played in the Tacoma Dome. It was the lost season for us. Weirdly, though, the best Sonics season ever by point differential was 94-95. So you've got the best season ever by point differential for the Sonics. Well, more importantly, then they, they traded Kendall Gill for Hersey Hawkins. It set up the 96 team that would go to the finals. Yeah, and The Seahawks are led to an 8-8 eight eight record. Dennis Erickson's now the coach with a young wide receiver named Joey Galloway. Uh, we, were, we loved young Joey Galloway. 
And then you have this Mariners come back, and it's like sports are good again, right, in 1995. I mean, you've told the story about like repeatedly going to games in the 95 season because our dad would just come home and say, hey, you want to go to the game tonight? And you'd mm-hmm. be like, sure. And you get like— And you had math homework to do. I did. <laughs> Very early in the morning, my, my classes. Uh, you, Zero-hour math. They were like $7 tickets that you just went and walked up to the box office so and got crazy. back in 95. 1995 was amazing. It was maybe the best it's year. It's so crazy that, like, so he would ask you if you wanted to go in the middle of, a, like, a good time in the season and you could just walk up and get $7 tickets. Oh, yeah. The Mariners were in the midst of a stretch of going to the playoffs. That's and, so crazy. But they hadn't gone to the playoffs yet. The Mariners like still they had, didn't have fans in 1995. They had been we in were existence hit. for 19... This was their 19th season as a franchise. They had never been to the playoffs. Which, granted, again, the current streak is now 19. <laughs> <laughs> no. Wow, what does that tell you? Yeah, it's really depressing. Yeah, this is but our it, year. I mean... Yeah, maybe it is. I'm, I'm looking at the attendances here. Uh, opening day was nowhere close to a sellout. Opening day, there were only 34,656 fans because people were still upset about the, the uh, strike. Uh, the first time they had, and the kingdom was also enormous. So the first time they had 50,000 fans the entire season was Friday, September 22nd in that, that home so stand against the, 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 the first time Stoke they came Open. anywhere near selling out. Yes. Right? And that's how, so if you recall... Pelton Family Christmas card, 1995. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, the, oh, you guys cheering? Is that the... <laughs> yeah, was, we had that on our fridge for years to come. During game five of the ALDS against the AKs. <laughs> and your mom, like, made you pose cheering? It wasn't a real cheering, right? Uh, well, she wanted to just take a photo of us. I demanded that it be a natural-looking oh, picture, now, yeah, so we fake cheered. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, very, very classic meme. <laughs> so the Pelton Family Christmas card in 1995 was you and me, Game Five against the Yankees in the AL Division Series, like fake cheering after the double, <laughs> and then I was on your refrigerator in the Tri Cities, yeah. probably until your parents moved. Pretty much. Yep. <laughs> oh my God. <clears throat> wow. What I remember from that time is uh, I was in a, a math class at the, I was in eighth grade, but I went to the high school to take a math class and there was a kid in the but math class. But not at the first thing in the morning like I did? I mean, it was at like eight in the morning. Not mm, okay. seven. Too fucking early. Jesus Christ. Anyways. And there's a kid in the math class who was a huge Yankees fan. Oh no. And he was always like taunting the rest of us about how the Mariners, you know, sucked and the Yankees were good. So when they played... Um, we made a class bet where if the Mariners were happened to beat the Yankees, he had to buy us a box of donuts. And it, we were all actually a little bit shocked when the Mariners did win. <laughs> and he did have to buy us the donuts. And I was thinking about that the other day. Like, you know, I, in that moment, how happy I felt and how I thought, wow, we really showed that Yankees fan. But now, you know, however many years later, <laughs> he's probably had a much... Much happier existence. Much happier existence than us Mariners fans. Yeah, they did go on to win, win like, what, five of the next seven yeah. championships? Give or take. <laughs> Note that Katie quoted Mariners fans. So anyway, summers in 1995, right? You're, you're hanging out with Hope and... <laughs> <laughs> All the time. It's Hope Solo. This is kicking the soccer ball around, right? Bob is telling her, maybe play goalie, <laughs> right? I see this as your future. Instrumental in that. <laughs> so instrumental. He was mentioned zero times in her autobiography. Wow. Didn't come up. Didn't come up. That's really offensive. It is. <laughs> we were told that he was the first ever person to play her at goalie. 
Well, her mom demanded it. Her mom demanded that she play goalie? Yeah. In 1995, of all years. I don't know if this is 1995. <laughs> it seems unlikely. It was in 1995. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Definitely wasn't. It was like 1995. She was probably playing like national program yeah, by 1995. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how old we were. I just remember this being like. <laughs> we were 13. There were all there were all these summers. I feel like the summers like ninety four through ninety seven kind of run together. But you have these again, just like long hot summers when you're a child, right? And our mom would go to Costco, and it was fudge sickles and the twin pop ice cream bars, right? Twin stick ice cream bars. Well, what about it, Mr. Freezes as well? Oh, otter pops <laughs> and otter pops, right? You get your otter pops at field day, last day at Valley View. Oh, yeah. yep. And you, that would carry you through the whole summer, the excitement about auto pops. <laughs> but <clears throat> the, the twin stick popsicles. And if I remember correctly, I, sometimes there would be banana in there, right? Banana and lime were options because the red always would get eaten. Red, gr- red, blue, like blue raspberry and grape would get eaten first. And you were trying to get the banana? No, 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 no. Okay. Banana is like Thank God. somehow yeah. worse than orange. Yeah. Oh, Fake banana sure. flavor is the worst Ugh. flavor. And sometimes it would sneak in there to whatever the twin popsicles were. Even I as a banana lover, you, as you know. <laughs> noted, noted banana lover. Because <laughs> you, you love bananas so much, you just can't handle fake bananas. <laughs> I feel like there was maybe you were an orange person. Yeah. Or you would just suck it up and just eat the orange. I don't orange mind the orange. Is fine. Orange is orange fine. Orange is trash. I mean, when Mrs. Fantasy Genius is on next week for 1996, we're going to talk about orange wait, popsicles. So you think lime is bad as well? Yeah, I'm anti lime also. Oh, Depends on the popsicle. Some uh. lime popsicles are good. But now you would have like lime in your drink, right? I'm fine with lime now. But there's a difference between fake lime and real I, lime. Yeah, I guess that's true. But I still like a lime popsicle. I think I think now in hindsight, over the summer, a fake lime popsicle sounds very refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, How many minutes is this on popsicles? So but oh, also, too many. going to McDonald's and getting not a Happy Meal, an all-American meal. Oh, mom would never spring for the Happy Meal. <laughs> never would spring for the Happy Meal. What was for an all-American meal? It was a Happy it. Meal basically without the toy. Yeah. And Kevin would get the the hamburger one, not cheeseburger. Do you remember this? I cannot defend my actions. Why? Why would you do this? You didn't I don't like remember. cheese. I think it was because of the cost. Uh, I think Jan got to him, and it was like an extra thirty cents or whatever to get the cheeseburger. The only disappointing thing is that we didn't buy our own craft singles and just stop it on <laughs> after the fact. Would do it. We're going to talk about 39 cent cheeseburgers later oh, on. Oh, man. We're what gonna year remember, was that? We're going to remember the I year feel like that's late 90s, right? It was in, when I was in high school and could yeah. drive, so. Yeah. I, I, think the, I think it might have been 2000 by the time that I got the burger that didn't have a patty. <laughs> Just really wait, disappointing. Wait until we get to $5 footlongs. Um, <clears throat> but I feel like that, that was like a, a staple of what we'd eat. And then Domino's before Domino's got better when it was just like cardboard. And still somehow... $1.50 Costco hot dog plus soda. Oh. <laughs> Even then in 1995, the price was the same as it is today. That is crazy. One thing I wanted to talk about, this technically came out in 1994, but it, we wouldn't have really played it until 95. NBA Live 95 was such a huge step forward for basketball video games. It was the first, like, good simulation basketball video game. NBA Jam was obviously very fun for the arcade style, but NBA Live 95 
really cemented my love of basketball video games. I just realized that I have to figure out what your golden eye came out. <laughs> <laughs> that was later, right? 97, 98. The film golden eye came out in 1995. We definitely did not go to that in 1995. But the video game came out in 95 too? I think this might have been an N64 summer. Huh. No, it came out in 97. Yeah. Wow, uh, two okay. years after the film. Yeah. Man, things move slow in the <laughs> 90s. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> things move so slow that it took them several days to get the caucus results. <laughs> uh, yeah, NBA Live 95 was a big deal. I think Madden 96, which actually came out in 95 was a pretty big deal. I think Donkey Kong Country was 94, if I recall correctly. I remember that being like, do you're, you're, we have to get to the Super, or to the N64 for you. No, I'm just mad because I remember going over to your house and you would be so good at Donkey Kong and I oh. could not play it because we didn't have the... We had reps. Fortunately, I was not very good at it. Uh, it came out in 94, yes. Uh, my friend Michael Roddy came over in 1994 before we had a Super Nintendo, but we didn't have Donkey Kong Country yet. And he came over with the game, and we played that fucker till, like, five in the morning. <laughs> and it was, like, I remember there, there's a level where the sun sets throughout the level, or there's levels where it's, like, it gets snowier throughout the level as you're walking. And this was the most amazing thing we had <laughs> ever seen. It is crazy looking, like, at the games now and then looking back at, like, the stuff that we thought was just so spectacular in 1995. And now we're just like, whatever. Yeah. Who cares? That person's face doesn't look exactly right. (laughs) 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 But it it was, that that was the summer. I feel like I was still in the summer of 95 playing Mario All-Stars, right? We're we're still hammering Donkey Kong, playing Mario All-Stars. When there weren't Braves games on. Yes. Because this was a pretty big Braves year, right? If I it recall was. correctly. I mean, this was also like the Mariners were in danger of moving. I, I can't talk about that because it was also in the Macklemore documentary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We've heard him talk about it. What but, was the Braves' 1995 pitching staff? Maddox, Glavin, Smoltz, uh, uh, Mark Wollers was the number four starter? No. Or was he, he was the closer. Steve Avery. Oh, right. Steve and Avery. Kent Merker. Four out of the five days, you're seeing like a pretty excellent pitcher pitch on TBS. Yeah. I mean, so we, I think we've talked about this before, but in case the Mariners moved, we all picked different teams to be like our second team that we were going to support. And then we would all trade each other the baseball cards of that team. So it was like a great deal that we all picked different teams. You, were, you took the Indians. Obviously. This man, man Ram had a huge 95. I took the Braves. <clears throat> I forget who the other picks were. I don't think I partook in this exercise. No, you you were not around enough, sadly. Manny had an over 400 on base percentage. 558 slugging. 960 ops in, in 95. It was, it was a very good Manny Ramirez season, including beating the Mariners in the ALCS. This Our teams ended up meeting. This was before the, steroids, maybe. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I think he was he, when, the late Cleveland, early Boston years. Our teams ended up meeting in the World Series that year. Right? Oh, the Marlins and the Indians? No, the Braves and the Indians. Oh, the Braves and the Indians. Yeah. Okay, we already talked about California love, but are you going to hit us with hiphopgoldenage.com's Okay, before we get to list. our good friends at hiphopgoldenage.com, <laughs> I do have to mention some, there's two honorable mentions that I feel like really dominated that summer. <clears throat> 
Number one, the most important Wild Wave song ever. And then it's Quad City DJs with the train. <laughs> Is that just a Wild Wave song? Well, it's a great song in all capacities. It wasn't just a Wild Wave song, but you'd go to, at, so at that point there were separate Wild Waves and Enchanted Village, and you'd go to the Enchanted Village side and ride the train and <laughs> sing the train <laughs> okay, over yeah. and over again. Because you're cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <No>. very cool. <laughs> there was also the high-fiving white guys on the scrambler. Yeah. On the scrambler. Uh, Man. Yeah. yeah. You got to experience some of that, Katie. I'm so sorry. What was the? <laughs> we really should talk about every time that 95 Colum- Columbia Cup winner too. <laughs> I thought about Waterfall is 95. <laughs> Have we talked about how Kevin used to make like a brochure or whatever? Didn't you make like a Me? book? Yeah, I swear we you all use... did that. Oh, okay. We would all participate. Don't just take yourself out of really? that. I think we were cutting photos out of the newspaper. We wouldn't let your younger, your youngest brother participate because he was too young. He was only five. So, I mean, I don't know if this was specifically 95, but he had to get a second copy of the newspaper so he could make his own version. Wow, I really It was fe- like a book, right? That yeah. would like say who won. And, yeah. Yeah. And then did we now. eventually do it on the computer when the computer was able to start printing out like that seems uh, like terrible level graphics? Yeah, do your diary. Do your diary. diary. Nineteen ninety five waterfall. I don't know who it was. <laughs> we remember some years. Nineteen ninety six, the first Carcino family Olympics. Oh, yeah. oh my god! Wow, that was ninety six. That's a preview. For okay, next pull up who won waterfall. is ninety five. Okay, so Quad City DJs with the train in a very important Wild Wave song. And then, seminal track for our, our childhood. It's Coolio with Gangsta's Paradise. Oh, oh yeah, man. of course. Uh, he, just one of the most important songs of the 90s. Everything about it we remember till we're dead. And Amish Paradise, the parody of it, All right. also yeah. very important. From our good friends at hiphopgoldenage.com. I remember thinking that he was going to be like a star forever. No. Like, you know, like. He is. Well, okay. But, <laughs> I like, think he might write cooking books now. <laughs> <laughs> and then he had like one, one other song after that. Well, we had Fantastic Voyage. That was like the first track. Slide, slide, we'll ride. Okay, okay, yeah. You're living in the city, it's do or die. And then Gangsta's Paradise came next and you're like. Julio is a career artist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and then, then you heard Amish Paradise. <laughs> then you get a little r- worried. <laughs> what okay. about the High School High soundtrack? Would you have Coolio have any other songs on that? I was looking up other tracks where I was like, this had to be 95, and they're all 1996. Oh, okay. Well, that's exciting for yeah. next week. So just, just wait. There might be a return next, next oh, week. Oh, hello. <clears throat> 1996. Okay. Uh, Number one, from hiphopgoldenage.com, we have Dear Mama by Tupac. Tupac, getting a little serious. Yeah. Classic. Um, at the time, that the thought of knowing who Tupac's mom was was so foreign to us as 10-year-olds. <laughs> Number two, we have Shook Ones Part 2 by Mob Deep, nice. a track we certainly were not familiar with in 1995. That's a, that's a retroactive one for yeah. us. Yes. Yeah. The, the infamous one. My, one of my better would, tweets ever. What? I tweeted that. Like when the Warriors looked shook for the second time against the Thunder in oh. like 2014. Yeah. Or 2015. I, oh, yeah. I remember that tweet. Well, love, Great we're, tweet. We're not only reminiscing about 1985, <laughs> we're also reminiscing about Ke- some of Kevin's <laughs> best tweets ever. Like, that's always. <laughs> Classic tweet. Classic tweet. Put that in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. <laughs> Podcast Hall of Fame tweet. 
<laughs> the tweet hung on your family's fridge until you moved. Uh, at number three from KRS-One, MCs act like they don't know. A track also definitely not familiar with in 1995. A track we were familiar with in 1995 and maybe the most important song ever recorded. Ba-doom, boom. Still memorialized in the year, I think this was 2019, in the film Us, I got five on it. Have you noticed how they started doing this with other songs? What what with other songs? Like take, bringing them back? Yeah, they, like a horror movie will take like a classic. I can't remember which Which, which one are they doing, doing for The Invisible Man? <laughs> that, was, that, that is a horror movie that's coming out. That was a joke. I don't, oh, don't I think this. I have no idea. But like, they had Ice Ice Baby and Parasite when I was watching that yesterday. You don't, you can't tell, but it's like it's it's in there. Is that a joke too? Yeah, it's a joke. <laughs> I was like, did I miss Very that? serious movie. <laughs> <laughs> you all reacted so seriously. But it it really is like it really carries forward to this day. Oh, we're, at, you... we're at the perfect like we're the perfect amount of time away from yes. 1995 for I got five on it to be in a major motion picture. And when you hear that in like in the trailer and you hear the beat and you're like, Oh yeah, this is, this is it. But then it gets all creepy and you get super scared. Or that was just me. I mean, the, the, the ads for it were very scary. I agree. <clears throat> Man, there are so many classic songs from 1995. Really Wu Tang, Wu Tang solo. 1995. So at number five, I'm going to go a little bit farther because there's a lot of Wu-Tang solo, right? We have 36 Chambers has happened and then the Wu-Tang members all want to do their own thing. And at number five, we have I'll Be There For You, You're All I Need by Method Man featuring Mary J. Blige, one of the most successful Wu-Tang solo recordings ever. At number six, Shimmy Shimmy Ya by ODB. Liquid Swords by Jizzit, number seven. I think hiphopgoldenage.com might be a little bit Wu-Tang heavy. <laughs> I mean, 1995 was Wu-Tang heavy. And then Ice Cream featuring Method Man, Ghostface, Killa, and Capadonna. Bye! Not Raekwon Battle. Raekwon the Chef. <laughs> and also, this, this is one, an honorary... Honorable mention for being the song that we actually cared about the most in 1995. More I distinctly remember watching this video where it was like, okay, we liked the train, but that was like a mainstream song. This was a little bit more underground. And the video would come on MTV and it would be like, this fucking changed everything. It's forgotten to time. What? Keep Their Heads Ringing by Dr. Dre. I mean, that is a great song. Was that underground? No, but that's what we felt because it wasn't played on Cube. Like, they didn't play it on Cube. Over, huh. The way that they played, I got five on it. It was <laughs> like, this was an MTV song, and I got five on it was an Everywhere song. More of a like, Cube song. But it was like, that, that track, he's in like like all these airplanes or whatever. <laughs> and it's from the forgotten Dre period, right? It's, it's from the period when he raps yes. on 2001, which we'll talk about in 1999, of course. I, I have some takes. Well, but specifically about how he treats the Detox album. But th- how he treats the Detox album? There's contradictory statements on, on The Chronic 2001. We'll get to that. That's what, no, that's, that's what I'm talking about here. I've yeah. tweeted about this. Where he's like, how my last album was The Chronic. Have you tweeted about this? Yes. Oh, man. Did I steal this take from you? Wow. I think you, I think you oh, actually no. stole this take from me. And it's pr- pretty <laughs> I think we're going to have to reject your admission to the Pelton Cast Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> You're out. 
You're out. My tweet's going in for once, finally. <laughs> he says on two different times on... We, we can talk about this when we get to 1999. Yeah. But on the 2001 record, it's pretty clearly understood that one track was probably written by Jay-Z and one track was probably written by Eminem. Correct. Different ghostwriters. Of people who are ghostwriting for Dr. Trey. But this was the music from the time period when he says, well, my last album was out, you weren't bumping me. And you knew who was bumping him. But we were. The Pelton Brothers in 1995 at Boulevard Park, Washington. Thank you, Dr. Trey. So about the winners of the 1995 Budweiser Columbia Cup and Seafair Texaco Cup. (laughs) Mark Tate in the Smokin' Joes. Year after the the sponsorship had passed from Winston with the Winston Eagle to Joe Camel and the Smoking Joes. Can we just look at this number fourteen Ice Cube with the track Friday wearing an old school Mariners hat in the video? That's the first year they, or I guess maybe they wore them in ninety four. But this is how you win the AL West. Correct. (laughs) Love that teal. Yeah, tell that to Macklemore. Uh, and then the Seafair Texaco Cup was an extremely rainy Seafair Sunday. Mm. So rainy that we went home early, oh, yeah. the only time ever in history, and Chip Hanauer <laughs> and the Budweiser got the victory. What? Just that he remembers the only time in his. Have you been to every Seafair since then? No, I, there was one year that I watched at your then-girlfriend's house. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's the only one I skipped. Really makes you think. So that was 1995. We remembered a year. We're only we're only 45 minutes into this podcast. Great. Great. <laughs> I'm just I'm closing up the iPad. I'm I'm good. Yeah, you're, you're done you're now. Check out. 